0: Welcome, my friend, to another episode. Hey, before we get started, I want you to picture this. Your best caregiver self. What would it look like? Imagine living your caregiver journey with vitality and joy. It might seem like a distant dream right now, but you know what? It is entirely within your reach. When you craft a personalized path focused on quality care, And your well-being, the impossible becomes possible. That's what the Empowerful Caregiver School is all about. You'll receive daily video lessons, a robust journaling workbook packed with practical strategies and reflective questions guiding you towards growth and empowerment as a caregiver. Plus, you'll be part of a supportive community in our private Facebook group and join us for biweekly group coaching sessions. Let's rewrite your caregiver story together. Join Empowerful Caregiver School today and start thriving. Click on the link in the show notes or go right out to my website at KathyLvan.com forward slash Empowerful to learn. Okay, let's jump into to today's lesson. Well, hello again, and welcome to another episode of the Caregiver Cup Podcast. It's Kathy here, and I'm really excited and really passionate about this topic. And I'm just going to come out and say it. How hard is it to sit and wait? I have done it so many times, and you think it would get easier, and I should have mastered it by now. But each time it's so different. Each time is unique and feels like a new experience, which it actually is. Do you agree? Do you agree that it's hard to sit and wait? And I'm making this up right now. I'm going to call this the sit and wait syndrome. It's when you have to wait on test results, you have to wait for further symptoms to appear. Maybe your loved one has, has a condition, but the doctor's like, we're going to wait and just observe. Or you're waiting on the healing process. Or the negative side, you're waiting for the disease to progress. Or you're waiting to see if the meds will work. You you fill in the blank. You're waiting, and you're waiting, and you're waiting. This wait or the sit-and-wait syndrome. Waiting is so hard. One of the biggest mistakes a caregiver makes is letting things get into their head during this time. All the thoughts of what-ifs and jumping to the worst-case scenario when you don't know what you're dealing with yet. I'll give you an example here. This past few weeks, Dennis, my husband, has been experiencing extreme night sweats to the point where his sheets are wet. We went and bought these cooler wicked sheets now. that I mean, he would be sitting in a chair and his back would be dripping wet with sweat. He's he's more fatigued. And then he's also getting these Charlie horses At night they started out with, but now they start. They when he gets out of the car, we were um, out for dinner on Saturday or on Sunday night, and he walked from the parking lot into the restaurant, and he was grimacing with pain because he had that Charlie horse cramp, and that they used to start out in the back of his leg. Now they've gone up to his groin area and in the back of his calves and so on. He's also lost a lot of weight over the past months. Uh, I think he said 14 pounds in the last six weeks. And he has swelling lymph nodes. And I think I've said this to you maybe a few episodes ago, but one of his lymph nodes looks like he's Herman Monster from the Adams family. I'm aging myself because when the Adams family was there, or a Frankenstein, you know how that Frankenstein has that? Is it a, a nut that comes out or a a screw that comes out of the the neck area. He called the oncologist and actually a matter of fact he he's been go- going in for, you know, almost weekly now and they said, "Well, we're going to scan him on the second week of November and we'll do more lab work." Well, he called the oncologist on Friday, and they moved up his scan to Tuesday. And I'm recording this on a Tuesday. I know this is going to come out on Thursday. So they, they did the scan or they're doing the scan today. And then they'll and they'll do some lab work. And then, then we'll see the oncologist tomorrow, which is Wednesday, or when you're listening to it, it, it would have been yesterday. As a matter of fact, all the time I am recording this, We're thinking about him going in for a scan. He goes in for a scan this afternoon. We've been waiting and waiting and waiting, and then he'll go in for a scan, and then we'll have to wait again for the results until tomorrow's appointment at 3.15. There is this love-hate with this sit-and-wait game. (laughs) Sit-and-wait syndrome, sit-and-wait game. You want to stay positive and optimistic, you know, I think about it. I want to be strong and courageous for Dennis. I want to think about his great doctor team. I know what to expect going in and getting results. I know how to go ahead and prepare myself. I know how to keep my stress levels down now that i 've been doing this for over four years with all of my habits i've been' have been really keeping with that, and you want to stay positive and optimistic. But I still find myself preparing for the worst. And I think that's human. I think we're human. But when I prepare myself for the worst, I go down this rabbit hole and I get into Google research. I think I have said this to you in the past, but I, I feel like I have a master's degree from Google University because I anything and everything about my dad's disease, my mom's lupus and her lung cancer, Dennis's CLL, his Hodgkin's lymphoma, his Richter's disease, and all this other stuff. I feel like I've studied it, researched it, read trials. I've read all of the data. And it can be good in a way because I can go in and be a really good advocate asking for questions, but it can be a bad thing for me and I know it because I'll do this right before I go to bed because I'm like, okay, I can't fall asleep. Let me look at my phone and Google for a while. Oh, so bad. So bad. I believe each of us has to go through this path in this sit and wait stage. It's a normal process. But what I've learned is now to is what I've learned now is to to not obsess over it too much. And when I actually obsess over it too much, I know and recognize it right away. And so that I can go ahead and shift my my thoughts. And for you, I think if you're in this sit and wait syndrome or the sit and wait stage, you have to recognize what symptoms or where your brain or your emotions or your thoughts start going to and where they visit during this time. And I'm going to list out just maybe maybe eight of them. I'm sure I'm missing some other symptoms. And if you have other symptoms, don't hesitate to reach out to me. But one of the ones that comes right away to me is worry. And you start worrying and worrying and worrying about it. As a matter of fact, I did an episode on dealing with worry, which is episode number 46. I'll put the link in the episode notes here. You worry about what is it for? You, what's in it for you, and what and how it's going to affect you? For example, are you worried about money? If your loved one is not going to be able to work going forward again, like Dennis potentially will have to go on disability again, okay? So we're going to have to go go back to sixty six and three quarters of his income versus a hundred percent of his income. I worry about, I could potentially worry about my job and taking time off and being able to think through how am I going to go ahead and balance all there. I worry about how am I going to do it all. You fill in the blank. There's so many things you could worry about to the point where you could worry about what the future holds for you. Another symptom is sadness or crying or depression. You might ask yourself, why am I crying? right now i don't know what's happening yet we're in the sit and wait stage and i'm already assuming the worst or picturing what the potent- potential future could hold i can't say that <laughs> you're sad because you see that your loved one is sick or your loved one is injured or they're not able to do the things that they used to do so sadness and depression and cr- and crying fall into play You may also have symptoms of disbelief or denial. Nah, this is just going to, we're just sitting and waiting here for nothing, you might say. Or I know that it's not going to be anything. Or I can't believe this is happening again. Like, for example, when Dennis had it happen to him. The disbelief and the denial. You might even be, another symptom is angry. Angry about kidney disease, or dementia, or lupus, or COVID, or cancer, whatever it would be, you're angry about the disease, you're angry about having to wait for this. Why can't we get in right away? This is ridiculous. The longer we wait, blah, 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 blah. You might be angry that your loved one got injured and you might be rehashing that. Maybe it's an automobile accident or maybe it's a work injury or whatever. You might be angry and start blaming others, blaming your loved one if my loved one wanted to did this, we wouldn't be in this situation. Or you might be blaming the doctors for not catching it early, or you might be blaming whatever it would be. So anger and blame. Another one might be just frustration. You have every right to be frustrated about having to sit and wait or having to go ahead and put things on hold. Maybe you had something planned this week for yourself and now you're in this sit and wait and you have to go to the doctor's appointment. Yeah, I could be frustrated right now. I'm actually launching my master free master class this week and this came up. I'm going to keep going but I'm kind of frustrated because I'm getting distracted or maybe you're frustrated knowing that you have a vacation plan or your child is getting married or you're in line for a promotion or you want to make a major purchase maybe you're going to purchase a house, a home or a a summer home or a car, and you're thinking to yourself, I may not be able to do that now. Those things go through your head because most of this sit and wait is days that you're sitting and waiting. Another one might be guilt. You might be feeling guilty for feeling these symptoms, not wanting to be a caregiver. Maybe... And I said this to myself, and I actually let it slip to my mom on Sunday. I try to keep this away from my loved ones, but when I think I said it to Dennis as well. He, had, he was joking to me, but I think he was somewhat serious, and it made me sad. Uh, he had said, oh, when I'm gone, this will all be yours, and you can find some man to go ahead and live your life with. And I was like, oh my gosh, he said this to me. We were joking. And if you are around Dennis and I, we are big pick on each other kind of people. We love that little play that we do. But I said to him really bluntly and honestly, I don't want another man, because if I find another man, then I have to be a caregiver again. (laughs) And I was laughing about it, but in deep in my heart, I was doing it. But then after that, I felt so guilty. But you can feel guilty for thoughts of having to caregive or thoughts of, oh my gosh, this de- disease is going to progress and I can see this being long term. Or you could feel guilty thinking this is not the time for this right now. You know, whatever your guilt is, you could be grieving, is another symptom. You're losing, you could be grieving because you're going to lose your loved one. And and I'm not saying maybe to death right away, but it, that could be a potential. But what I'm saying is you're losing your loved one to the activity, the energy that your loved one had, the role that they play right now, oh, and thinking they will never be the same again. Or you're grieving your old life. You're grieving having to give up what you have currently right now and move into the caregiving world. Now, you're grieving before you even know what you're grieving about. And so this, this syndrome that we get into right now can be a spiraling effect. The last one I put down in my notes was feeling alone. You're, you're in this syndrome knowing that you're probably going to be alone, or You're going to be spending more time alone because I know in Dennis's last two cancer treatments and in his knee surgery, he slept a lot. I had to do things alone. I am not the person that likes to go grocery shopping. I'm not the person that likes to go ahead and do errands. So I'm going to have to do those on my own. Trust me, I'm going to outsource them. I think I did an episode on that. But there's going to be times where I'm going to be having dinner alone. There's going to be times potentially, and I'm thinking all of these things while I'm sitting and waiting, when I don't even know what the situation is. But Those are the symptoms that go through your mind. This overwhelm, and let me back up a minute. You can fill in more symptoms. I am sure there's going to be other symptoms that you are experiencing. So think about what your sit and wait syndromes or symptoms would be in this situation. This overwhelm, when you let it get to you and let it consume you, it's so heavy. Think about it. Think about the heaviness on your shoulders. And I'm pushing down on my shoulders. It's almost like you are carrying a backpack on your back and you can't, and it's getting heavier and heavier, or you're carrying a, I'm I'm envisioning a laundry basket and somebody just keeps filling that laundry basket up and it gets heavier and heavier and heavier. That's what overwhelm feels like. If you let this sit and wait and all the symptoms just keep piling up right now, it will feel heavy. It's sucky. And when you get in this place, you can't see how to get out of it. You can't. The first times that this happened to me, I was actually feeling shame and didn't share much with anyone about what I was feeling, what I was experiencing, I kept saying to myself, "I am not the one who's going through this cancer. Dennis is. Why am I feeling all these personal things?" But it's we're human. I've learned ways now to get through it and shift my thinking. But one of the most important ways, uh, things that I've learned is to embrace them first. Don't throw them off to the side because just like a dirty bas- a dirty laundry basket, you're going to continue to fill that basket and it's going to keep filling up. No matter how much you wash, there's going to be more dirty clothes the next day. And that's what's going to happen with your symptoms or those feelings and those thoughts and things that are going on in your head. All I knew is I couldn't stay in the stress and the bad thoughts, though. It, it, It was way too heavy, and I didn't want to be this negative, down person when I didn't even know what was going to happen yet. And I can't be this way this week. And actually, my mom, when I sat with my mom on Sunday watching the Packers game, because we're Green Bay Packers fans here, she had kept going and think she's going, what are you going to do, Kathy, when this happens again? And I'm like, Mom, I'm not thinking there yet. I'm going to go ahead and just let the process go. And I know deep in my heart and deep in my mind I know that I've I have all the tools and I've ex- all the experiences to to tackle it when it happens but right now I can't worry about something that I don't know what it is I can't worry about it it's almost like worrying about getting into a car accident and you never you never were in one you, you can't. You can prepare and be a safe driver. You can prepare. I can prepare for the oncology appointment tomorrow. I can prepare and and hopefully we can see some of the lab results on his app, app before we go in. But I also have to know that I want to feel positive. I want to go ahead and be Be that positive advocate and collect all the data. And I want to live my caregiver life with less stress and more positivity and more joy and more gratitude. That's why today I'm going to kind of shift gears just a little bit here once. I want to invite you to my free masterclass. I'm still doing it this week. Uh, no matter what the results will be because I know you're going through situations like this as well. We can't stop and delay and cancel their treatment plans. We can't stop and say, okay, kidney disease or okay, injury or surgery. You, I don't have time for you right now. No, in this masterclass, I wanna share with you that my three go-to shifts that have worked for me over my last four years. Changing your mindset, training your brain to reduce stress is not something that you just flip a light switch on and it works. I would be lying to you if I said it was easy. But over the last four years, there have been a few things that I do consistently, that I do every day, that help me. When I do these, and I do these consistently over time, the stress creeps. or If I don't do these, what I'm trying to say is when I don't do these things over time, the stress creeps back in. And so I know I have to do these consistently. Think about it as if maybe, I'm trying to think of an example here once. Oh, I think I, I shared with you the laundry basket. Think about it is if you don't consistently have your laundry and you do that to them regularly, if you don't have a a routine, maybe you do your laundry all together once a week, or you do, you know, you have a Monday, Wednesday, Friday schedule, whatever it would be. If you don't go ahead and consistently keep up with the laundry, what happens? The pile becomes so overwhelming that you run out of clothes and then what do you do? <laughs> you go digging in the dirty clothes and try to do the sniff test and try to rework some of the clothes, or you might throw it in the dryer. I think back to the days when I was in school, maybe, and I did that as well. So, consistently doing that so that you don't look at that laundry pile and get stressed out. This time around, Dennis and I talk through our feelings and thoughts. Oh my gosh. I didn't do that the last few times. We actually had the opportunity to go ahead and go for a walk this past Saturday. And we talked about Halloween and we talked about, I talked about my Tuesday podcast, which was about um, caregiver fear and uncertainty. And that led to our discussions about it. And then we drove to our granddaughter's soccer game after that. And so it gave us a couple of little clippets of time that we could talk. We realized through our discussions that we are both scared. We are both nervous this time around. We also realized too, that we didn't express our feelings in the past to each other. We we would come in, and in a, I'm envisioning myself, we, we both were coming in like we had this superwoman and superman shield on, and we were positive and that kind of thing. But this time around, we also realized, too, that we are scared, we are nervous, it's okay for us to connect and talk about our feelings, but we also realize that we are stronger And we are more connected than we ever were before. And I think, oh my God, that just brings me so much gratitude, so much joy that we are both choosing to live with joy and gratitude for each other. You can hear me so I'm choking up because of the fact that it is. We have so much joy and gratitude for each other. And I know that is, it brings me more joy and more peace and more love than I've ever had. We're grateful for our team of medical professionals. And most importantly, we're grateful for our family and community around us. I am so grateful for my boys and my mom and the their significant others, and my grandchildren, and our close friends. And I'm also grateful that I have the Caregiver Cup community, the podcast listeners, the private Facebook community, and now this community of people that are going to go through this free masterclass. Um, You can go ahead and join this at kathylvan.com forward slash free masterclass. It's amazing how the worst that could happen can bring out the most heart and love in you and I. Only, and if only, you let it. If only you recognize that your struggles with stress are there, and I can help you with those. But when you realize that you are not alone, And you can embrace them. Oh my gosh, there's something about that. Embrace where you are right now and be open to what you will learn in this new normal. It will be amazing. It will be hard. It will be sucky. But this new normal can bring out something in you that I really can't explain. It's this inner. Strength, it's this inner joy, it's this inner confidence, and this inner love and of gratitude that will get you through it. So, let me end today by just telling you that I love you. I'm here to help you. If you want to go ahead and continue to follow me, hit that follow button. If you want to jump into my free masterclass and get my shifts, go ahead and jump into that free masterclass. If you are a caregiver, we have a great Caregiver Cup community. It's a private Facebook group. Jump into that. But until we meet again, I will talk to you soon. Bye for now.